There are just certain things that generate any visceral reaction. Overall, it's the idea of quarterback play. But more notably with certain fan bases, there are certain things that get them fired up. When it comes to Liberty University, it's anything mentioning Hugh Freeze. And I maintain the program's in better shape now than it was when he left. But it didn't exactly uh, end very well, should we say. It wasn't just the New Mexico State game. It's losing three games at the end of the year when it appeared he was uh, having his eyes on the other prizes. Hey, he landed it, and if he ends up succeeding at Auburn, good for him. And I think there's a good chance that that ends up actually happening. But then there's the other reality, and that is... He's not the first one to bring up the idea that he's got their quarterback, Peyton Thorne, the transfer from Michigan State, beat out Robbie Ashford, who was the incumbent. But if Ashford handles it the correct way, there will be packages for him. This is not like he's reinventing the wheel and coming up with a new concept and idea. In fact, this goes back 15 to 20 years, this type of idea. See, Florida had Tim Tebow and Chris Leak on the roster at the same time. And they started off by getting packages in there for Tim Tebow, who would eventually be the starting quarterback. And it may be playing the seed for other coaches. And look at Virginia as maybe the more modern version of that approach. Because with Bronco Mendenhall, Brennan Armstrong was clearly the guy that followed Bryce Perkins. But Keaton Thompson was a quarterback talent who transferred in from Mississippi State and never won that position But they always found a way to get him on the field. I I always loathe the lazy designation of football player as opposed to offensive weapon, which you could then literally label OW as a piece that moves around in different formations. But Keaton Thompson was that way for Virginia back in the the years he was there, you know, 20, what, 20, 20, 21, that time frame, 2019 through 2021. And other teams are actually copying this thought and idea. Yes, you can mention Hugh Freeze and Liberty fans will take it as an opportunity to bash the now former Liberty coach who, you know, if I were him, I probably would have left to go to Auburn as well if you're from that area and you have enough, we'll just be diplomatic here, confidence about yourself. Did you like the way I talked about Hugh Freeze yesterday on the fast lane? Yes, I thought that was very, uh, very, very shrewd, Trey. I thought it was creative. I mean, of course you thought it was great. You did it. You've got kind of that Hugh Freeze, you know, theory to yourself where you know. I just don't DM people if they bash me online. Well, I mean, that is very true. That know. might be you, Ed. No, I'm just kidding. Absolutely not. In fact, I don't even know what most people that compete against us are, you know, doing when it comes to their shows or their content. I mean, occasionally you check it out and think about that, but for the most part, you know, we're focused on what we do. That's kind of how we do things here at the Fast Lane. You know, we kind of got that Pittsburgh Steeler mindset, if you will. And that is the old Mike Tomlin theory, to quote him. The standard is the standard. Darn right. The standard is the standard. We focus on ourselves and make sure that we reach that standard, if you will. But here's the other thing. We're now seeing it with Virginia Tech. Because Virginia Tech, who knows what they're going to end up doing at quarterback. Officially, at least. Most signs point to Grant Wells. But the idea is out there. Kyron Drones, Baylor transfer, could have packages for him. See, the modern version of this tray really is... The idea that if you have two quarterback quarterbacks, people piloting the offense, designed to throw the football, taking the majority of the snaps, throwing it, moving people around and uh, you know regurgitating the plays that are called into you from the coaching staff, then by and large, you have no quarterbacks. But the modern version is, is you want to keep a backup around as long as possible, because if not, they're off to the transfer portal. Now, it's harder for a guy like, 
Keaton Thompson, who transferred from Mississippi State to Virginia, or heck, Kyron Drones, who transferred from Baylor to Virginia Tech, to leave and become immediately eligible. Because you can't do that a second time. You can leave, but you can't become immediately eligible. Unless you're a graduate. Thank you. But for coaches, the way around it and the way to keep them engaged, frankly, is to have specific plays called out for them. Liberty, watch out for that. Maybe Jonathan Bennett's the guy at quarterback. I've already done a fast take to explain why I think that's the case. But Keaton Salter is a great athlete. There's also athleticism with a guy like Trey Lowe. We don't think it's really there as much. Great Skill set wise with... Best name on the team. I mean, you know, if he just rearranged some letters on the last name, he'd be phenomenal. Uh, gotta get rid of the W, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, he's got to rearrange and, and add a letter, make some substitutions. Yeah, there you go. It has L- two no, of it, them. He's, I think it's L O W E. So you know, he's just got to get rid of the O and the W and replace them. With Upgrade Y L. Correct. There you go. Upgrade them, Trey. But the reality, also for that type of a decision, let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. Is you're talking about coaches that don't want players to transfer, and you want them to stay as engaged as possible. So one of the easiest ways to do that is to have packages designed for them. So when you hear this coming out, if you're a jaded former Liberty fan that keeps up with Hugh Freeze the way he kept up with anything that was negative about him during his time at Liberty, then perhaps uh, you know, you're paying attention to that. If not, watch out at Liberty. Watch out at Virginia Tech. Probably less so at Virginia because, uh, honestly, they don't have the skill set, I think, at quarterback to do this with Jay Wolfock now being gone and you know, only having a, a quarterback that, in a perfect world, you're able to redshirt. But realistically, you might not actually get to do that. Um, But truthfully, that's kind of the reality for where those teams are. So just one thing to keep in mind going forward of many different thoughts and something that will lead us momentarily into our votes of confidence and projections of what we think will happen this upcoming season. But speaking of rearranging names, the best name that's out there, according to this TechSideline.com writer and reporter, is similar to the name of a guy who leads us off in... The Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. So there are six teams that have made the cut for Chris Cole, not Chris Coleman of TechSideline.com, but Chris Cole. Salem Spartans, that's Salem, Virginia, right next to Roanoke, but not the same as Roanoke. They'll be glad to remind you of that. Salem linebacker Chris Cole, six finalists. Why we bring up this recruit, he's a four-star linebacker. Virginia Tech is the one team out of that bunch that doesn't appear to be in the NIL game very heavily. The others are Southern Cal, in the immortal words of our guy Kenny Powers. Dollar, dollar, bills, y'all. Now, whether they come up with the promises or not, I don't know. But we know from Jordan Addison, Pitt to Southern Cal, that's one of them. Another is the Georgia Bulldogs, among the other attractive things to national championships and dominating the SEC and going to a defense that can position you to be a high NFL draft pick. They also have a collective, which can give you dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Certainly Penn State is in that category. And yes, they have a history of doing great things with different linebackers, including those from Virginia and Penn State. Very big alumni base, Big Ten money. That means they could allocate some dollar, dollar to a potential player of Chris Cole's caliber. Then there's some other ones. Miami, I mean, let's be honest. I'm a Miami guy. More on that in our votes of confidence momentarily. But I've been skeptical of many things with that program. One thing you cannot be skeptical of, though, even if El Presidente doesn't have the funds anymore to pay them, that now they have other people that are stepping up to get people dollar, dollar bills, y'all. In an above board manner that they couldn't do back in the Uncle Luke days. Our guy, Uncle Luke. 
Then there are the two that make the most intriguing element to Chris Cole, the Salem linebacker, four-star. One is the University of Tennessee. The other is Virginia Tech. So here's the thing. Virginia Tech, Tennessee, Southern Cal, Georgia, Penn State, and Miami. One of those six is the, in all likelihood, place where Chris Cole will go when he declares. Georgia is the presumed favorite, not with heavy confidence, but it's the logical choice. If I'm a Virginia Tech fan, while there is hope, I I don't hold my breath on this. They haven't generally been able to seal the deal on these type of recruits outside of Gunnar Givens, the four-star lineman, and that's because Givens wanted to play on the defensive line even though everybody else was recruiting him as an offensive lineman except Virginia Tech. He's still there as a defensive lineman even though he could have a better chance to crack the lineup. And again, based on my knowledge of his skill set, I think he'd be better suited to go there. Hey, that's why he's at Virginia Tech. But here's the thing for Chris Cole. Watch out for Tennessee because while he was there at one of their uh, recruiting events a couple of weeks ago, the linebacker Peyton Lewis from Salem, teammate of his, has already committed to Tennessee. But, I mean, look, Trey, if you're Virginia Tech, it's great to have the dirty four-letter word of hope, but I'm not holding out much if I'm a Virginia Tech fan that this highly touted linebacker is going to go there when every other school has bigger NIL aspirations, and Georgia not only has that, but they have the most recent, very well-documented history of taking those type of players and putting them into the National Football League. Number four. Darius McGee signing an Exhibit 10 contract with the Indiana Pacers. It's basically those type of two-way deals that you'll get for a player of uh, you know questionable roster construction status. But for Liberty, you know, it's a nice thing to have in their back pocket. Caleb Holmesley, another guy from the Richie McCare era, along with Seth Curry, who actually left uh, Liberty to go to Duke. But McGee and Holmesley are two. Seth Curry counts as one. Peter Aluma and then Julius Nwoso are the others from Liberty University. Um, it doesn't change my perception of Darius McGee, that he's a guy that, you know, may bounce around from roster to roster. He's got an infinitely gifted amount of play that he can bring to a team, but ultimately skeptical of anything more that he might be able to do, not because of his skill set. He's a heck of a three-point shooter, but, I mean, people have compared him to Seth Curry, or to Steph Curry. Steph Curry, 6'2". Darius McGee's 5'9". Those five inches matter immensely in a league where defensive length is so prevalent like the NBA. Would I like to see Darius McGee do great things? Of course, it'd be awesome. But am I holding my breath that he'll amount to a bigger role or having a bigger role in the NBA? Not exactly. Speaking of the Liberty Flames. Number three. Their men's basketball schedule came out a couple of days ago, and there are a number of highlights in there. Seven games against teams with 20 or more wins last year. They've got 2023 NCAA tournament teams, including Alabama, no longer a COSA team, but still on Liberty's schedule, Florida Atlantic, along with Furman, sorry, Virginia fans, Charleston and Grand Canyon, which is a team you may wonder a lot about, but they're one of those 16 seeds. That's good for Liberty. Also, NIT semifinalist Utah Valley has been one of those up-and-coming programs lately. There are lowlights, though, to this schedule. Seven highlights. We mentioned them a moment ago, but we'll go with three lowlights. You know our themes of 7-3 here in the fast lane. Mid-Atlantic Christian, St. Andrews, and Boyce are all on the Liberty schedule as basically glorified by games. I mean, it is the sucky part for Liberty trying to schedule, my words, not theirs, getting teams in there that are willing to play Liberty at home, even smaller schools in the area. That has been the biggest bugaboo. Richie McKay has documented that very well. And it's the reality that this is the case in college sports, that actually finding those type of games and teams on the schedule is 
immensely challenging, and it leaves Liberty fans once again going, hey, we got a really good schedule. Conference USA schedule might be good, but overall, the home schedule will still leave a little bit more to be desired. Number two. Ah, yes. Every school out there that could possibly go to the ACC is sending their high-powered alums to the phones to try to call on their behalf. Stanford Condoleezza Rice. George W. Bush. Hey, Ed. SMU. Yes, Trey? I used this one yesterday. I know you did, but I'm okay. giving a different perspective. Okay, I it. just, I, I want to be sure we're on the same page. Trey, your picks are up at Fast Lane Ned Lane, where our listeners can go back and listen to them on the podcast feed. So we don't need to rehash your comments today because you have plenty of insight you're already about to share in our votes of confidence coming up momentarily. Instead, Trey, here's the truth about this. I would love to see... Every school have their more sarcastic candidates come oh, to mind. Oh, there we go. I that see what you're would saying. be phenomenal. For Stanford, get a bunch of tech people who really don't know much about sports throwing ridiculous ideas at the ACC. Only our presidents go, wait a second. Didn't you just hear this from the Pac-12 commissioner who is now the Pac-4 commissioner? Have SMU bring up someone from Pony Express and explain how they have ways to modernize name, image, and likeness in the ACC that have never been seen before. I mean, this could be the ultimate hack. For the conference. Cal, it's already been brought up by Brett McMurphy, but I don't think we need to uh, deviate from his great thought. Marshawn Lynch. Boy, that would be hilarious. And Memphis. Oh, my God. The volume of colorful characters. Former Memphis coach Justin Fuente. That's your guy, Trey. For me, it's Mark Goodfellow, the car mogul. Go to itsallgoodauto.net, I think it is, maybe .com. Go to YouTube and type in It's All Good Auto. And look at the commercials. It is so appropriately Memphis. This guy is quintessential used car salesman that it would be hilarious to have him pitching on behalf of the ACC. And by the way, of course, it would need to be, need to be turned into something more comical. By the way, it does make it look like the ACC is rather desperate, which they are presenting themselves as, by going after these also-ran, highly undesired programs to not exactly add much to the conference. A typical hashtag GoACC move. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. Trey, I know you will say, pretends to be shocked. Ron Rivera named Sam Howell the starting quarterback of the Washington Commanders today for their week one game against the Arizona Cardinals. Trey, weren't we operating under the assumption that this was going to be the move all along? That it's why they didn't draft a quarterback very high? That it's why they didn't go after one in free agency outside of Jacoby Brissett, who's been a very good backup in his career? That the idea was they thought they had their quarterback in-house. This thing has been as well telegraphed as a Carson Wentz passes to a defensive team. Sorry, Trey, I have to dog on your guy, the former Eagles quarterback, who, by the way, is still unsigned. I mean, look, Sam Howell is the quarterback for Washington. Fantastic. We knew this was going to come. Uh, if nothing else, they at least have their answer, and uh, they can say that he earned it to the rest of the team. But I, I don't know anybody that thought this was not exactly the direction that things were eventually going to go. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. Speaking of the direction that things are going to go, we shift gears, pivot, if you will, into our votes of confidence. Nothing provides the intended inspiration quite like a vote of confidence. The confidence I think that the team has. You know, winning makes you feel good, makes you confident. Now, here's our votes of confidence, inspiring you with the certainty you're seeking. Trey, I am so benevolent that I'm going to give you the choice. Are we going with the Virginia schools 
and what the world looks like for them in college football. Or are we going to go with NASCAR for this coming weekend at Watkins Glen? Like first? Yeah. Mm, let's go Let's go college football and then we'll with NASCAR. College football. Trey, I am going to steal the show and shock our fast lane audience. Virginia Cavaliers under three and a half wins this year. By far the best bet that I have. I looked at that and went, really? Three and a half? And at one point, I think it was actually juiced to the over. So you could have gotten better money uh, on the underprice than the overprice. Trey, this team right now, the confidence level doesn't appear to be there from fans. Uh, it sure isn't for me. The perception, again, Tony Elliott, if he proves me wrong, I'd love to see it happen. I know you would not because you're a Virginia Tech guy, but I would because I like to see all of our Virginia area schools do as well as possible. It makes things better for us. But the Virginia Cavaliers, never mind that they and Virginia Tech are 100 to 1 to win the ACC. Just go to commonwealthgames.org and make a charitable contribution to a great organization that helps with youth sports. You'll get more money out of it than betting either of those propositions, Virginia or Virginia Tech to win the ACC this year at 101 odds. I know, big number, looks attractive and all. Let's get over that. Virginia under three and a half to me seems the no-brainer selection. And I know people can say, well, they don't draw Florida State and Clemson in the ACC schedule. But look at their non-conference schedule to start off. I mean, they could be up the creek before that begins. They've got Tennessee on the road, loss. JMU at home, about a pick game. That's just what most people have it projected as. Underdog on the road at Maryland. And then... William & Mary, which is a top 10 team in 1AA football, before they get into the rest of the ACC schedule. Trey, your overall projections for Virginia, where in fact do they lie? Under, I agree with you. Anything more to add than what I've said about my lack of confidence as conveyed in the votes of confidence? Like, I think though, looking at their schedule, it's, it's just hard to see four wins. It's hard to see four wins. Like, they have more guaranteed losses, like Tennessee's a loss, Maryland's a loss, NC State's a loss, UNC's a loss, Miami's a loss, Louisville's a loss. And the toss-ups are Virginia Tech, Duke, Georgia Tech, Boston College, William, and, you know, and well, JMU is their toss-ups. William Mary's their only guaranteed win. I don't even consider that a guarantee. They're a top-ten team in 1AA, and, I mean, they're really talented. But let's just assume they're a guaranteed win. You know what happens when you assume. I know. It's an FCS team, though. So that's, what, four, five toss-up games? So in order to make this hit, they have to go three and two in those? I don't see that happening. I have my doubts and skepticism as outlined a moment ago. Math doesn't make sense. Trey, shifting over to Virginia Tech, this team started out at five. It went to five and a half projected wins. So from five and seven to five and a half wins to six and a half losses. It's back down to five wins. There's a slight juice, minus 120 to the over, minus 110 to the under, which means the bookmakers, what we're expl- saying here, hopefully, if you're unfamiliar with betting parlays, parlance and languages, the, the expectation is that Virginia Tech is slightly more likely to go over than under, not enough to move it from five to five and a half wins, but enough that you're going to have to pay a little bit more on the over five wins as opposed to under five. Do you have a pick or even a lean off of this? I lean the over. I'm con- like, if you think about this realistically, ODU, Rutgers, Marshall, Virginia, uh, Syracuse, 
BC, Virginia are all games Virginia Tech will be favored in. Those are, uh, I'd assume. Right? Correct. Maybe not Rutgers since it's on the road. But it wouldn't be much. It's a close to a pick game. So let's assume they win those. That's six. I could see them beating Wake with no Sam Hartman. I could see them beating NC State because they almost did last year. Um, who knows? Florida State might spiral. That I, They've had one good year under Mike Norvell. I don't think that will happen. Uh, I think uh, Purdue. Don't know about that with the new coaching staff. So the schedule is interesting. I lean to this team being a 6-6 six and six team. Um, but if the offensive line falls through, then it could be dangerous. I think five and seven, six and six and six is where Virginia Tech will be at. I think you're pretty spot on with that. I think it's more likely that they win six games than four games. So that's why I would take the over because if it's five, it pushes. But I'm more likely to believe that Virginia Tech is to get to six wins than they are to go under. I have serious concerns about the offensive line, like you do. Outside of Florida State, I don't see a definitive loss on the schedule. You could certainly uh, convince me that Pitt on the road is a definitive or Pitt at home is a loss even though it's much easier to play in Blacksburg than in Pittsburgh for that game Pitt Pitt is I mean they're fundamentally sound they're tough they're more developed as a program than where Virginia Tech is uh, and they know what their identity is so you're gonna have to bring everything you've got and being weak in the trenches is an issue but the schedule doesn't have a lot of guaranteed losses outside of Florida State I think you really kind of hit the nail on the head for Virginia Tech. Um, I think five is priced pretty right and correct. But if you're telling me which direction I'm more likely to go, I would be more likely to go over than under. I think the sports books have that one correct. The other Virginia schools, Old Dominion, heavily juiced to the under three and a half wins, minus 155. You have to lay 155 bucks to get 100 bucks back in profit. Over three and a half, if you drop 100 bucks, you get 125 bucks back in profit if they go over three and a half. Trey, I think Old Dominion is literally the quintessential. What's the challenge of being an a, an FCS to FBS team, one AA to one A, that really is more of a feeder program for the others? Old Dominion has lost a number of guys to the transfer portal, including Ollie Jennings to Virginia Tech. Other skilled players have gone to graduation. They have not positioned themselves like a Liberty where they can get the opposite. Players that didn't quite cut it at a power five but have that pedigree to come in. Whereas you know, Virginia Tech did that with Antoine Powell. Ryland, Liberty has historically done that also. Old Dominion hasn't really done that. I go under three and a half for Old Dominion. The juice is not really attractive, but if you're just sitting there saying, hey, what do I think is more likely? Three and nine or four and eight for Old Dominion, given all they've lost and the lack of players they've brought in, I think under makes more sense. I agree with you. I'm leaning the under. Um, Yeah, I just think with ODU, you're talking about ODU, right? Correct. All right, yeah. ODU schedule and ODU's all the turnover, I, I lean the under. James Madison. Over, under is... They're projected to win eight games, Old Dominion. James Madison is eight on the money, not eight and a half. It's juiced, minus 130, to the under eight and a half, under eight wins. Means you get pretty good value to go over eight. I know JMU lost a lot from last year in terms of talent, but they still have a very good set of talent. They also have that added carrot, I would say, at the end of the year that those are kind of their bowl games because they are stupidly ineligible for bowl play under that archaic NCAA rule. I go over eight wins. Again, I think eight and four is about right for James Madison. I know it's not this big stance, yes or no, over under. But I mean, look, we're trying to help you 
kind of figure out what's going on from our minds, whatever that's worth, in our votes of confidence. I go over with JMU again. You know, I think it's more likely they go over eight than under. I think eight's pretty likely, but, you know, I'll roll the dice and say that it goes over being optimistic for them. Trey. Under. I think second year in a conference, they'll they'll understand it better. Uh, I don't think they can catch teams by surprise like they did this year. So I'm going under. Liberty. They were as high as nine and a half. I hoped it got to 10 because I thought under made a lot of sense. Lost to Western Kentucky and then one other team on the schedule and you've got to push right there. It came down to nine and a half, then to nine, then to eight and a half. And for a brief moment, it actually got down to eight wins for Liberty at some point. Somebody did what I did and said that would be ridiculous. I think Liberty can do better than that. I think nine is priced about right for Liberty. The market has obviously indicated that these win totals have been up for quite a while. If you told me which direction to lean, though, for Liberty right now, oddly enough, I lean under that, Trey. Um, Just more on the fact that they lost a lot on defense. You're installing a new scheme offensively with a lot of different players, and it's been challenging for them the last couple of weeks with the unfortunate passing about two weeks ago of the offensive lineman Taj Boyd and trying to rejuggle their schedule. More on that, by the way, with WSET's Dave Walls around 545 today in the fast lane. So because of that, well, I think Liberty can easily get to 9 to 10 wins, maybe 11 if everything breaks right. I think Western Kentucky is clearly the best team in that conference. More on that uh, in a a couple of best bets that we'll do uh, next week. But for Liberty right now, yeah, I kind of lean under the 9, if more than the fact that, again, I think 9 and 3 is pretty likely. Western Kentucky loss, maybe another 1 or 2 sprinkled in somewhere, then you've got a push. But I think it's more likely they lose another just because there's a lot of uncertainty. I think Jamie Chowell is the right guy on the long haul. And the roster construction is bounced back well. But 50% roster turnover, a new scheme, and everything that's going on, that's where my level of concern is for Liberty. I agree. Under. Very boring for us today in our Virginia schools portion of our votes of confidence. What's going to be more fun, though, Trey, is NASCAR heading this weekend out to Watkins Glen or up to Watkins Glen. Xfinity race. Kyle Busch, plus 190 to win. Ty Gibbs, my guy, 2.5 to 1. Alex Bowman, 6 to 1. Justin, he always falls short. Allgaier, 8.5 to 1. And Trey's guy, Sam Mayer, is at 14 to 1 in the Xfinity Series. Meanwhile, in the Cup Series, Chase Elliott, it's come down a bit. 3.5 to 1. Favorite to win at Watkins Glen. Kyle Larson, 6-1. to one. Truex, 7-1. to one. Same with Tyler Reddick. Actually, he's now up to 7.5-1. to one. And for anyone wondering, Ty Gibbs from 28-1 to one down to 22-1 to one odds to win the Xfinity. Trey, how does the weekend unfold? Former guest of the program, Parker Kligerman, gets it done at Watkins Glen at 28-1. to one. I really like those odds. I even like Josh Barrett a little bit at 35-1. to one. Uh, So I'm looking at those two. In the Cup Series, I teased it yesterday. Ed, your pick will be someone in the 54 car. (laughs) If you flip those numbers around, what number does that make? 45. Who's been the best road course racer in terms of wins since in the next-gen car? Tyler Reddick. I don't know why he's not the favorite here. He had a fast car at Indy. I think it gets a little bit better. I'm going with... And that team, if they're smart, 23-11 needs Tyler Reddick to win this race to get their other driver into the playoffs. So I think 2311 puts a lot into this race, a lot into the 45 car. Tyler Reddick wins at the Glen. Tyler Reddick. I actually like that number a lot. I thought it should be shorter than 7.5 to 1. I think you're onto something with that. I have it at 8 to 1. Like I've said, oh, and like I've said, Chase Elliott at 3.5 to 1 or now three plus 330, 3.3 to 1. 
just seems too low. Heck, you know me. I'm in the tank for Ty Gibbs, but he's gone down to 22 to 1. Wait until practice and qualifying to see what happens. I don't see that number changing at all. The ones I jump on beforehand would be Truex because we've seen it before. He unloads fast and he is fast and it ends up turning into a stinker. Also, if there's rain that causes a washout, I don't think that's actually likely. Uh, it's possible, but the Truex Reddick one makes the most sense pre-race. Afterwards, there might be value on Suarez. That team needs it a lot. And Ty Gibbs afterwards to sweep the weekend. Uh, same thing. With Kyle Busch and the Xfinity, you might oh, get value. Ed, yes. I can give you the exact odds. What are they? For Ty Gibbs to sweep the weekend, uh, a certain sports book it, uh, is allowing me to do it. It's plus 7490. So if you bet $10, you win 749 bucks. All right. So there you go. Thank That's, you. That's that was for you. Don't say I don't care about you. You do. You care about me, and it touches my heart to think about that. Although I may wait till after practices uh, tomorrow, right before the Xfinity Series race. We will wait no more. David Teal, Hall of Fame insight on the outlook of the ACC, and then Dave Walls on Liberty Football Fan Fest. All that's still to come here in the Fast Lane.